Hey, Tommy, if I was gonna break your balls, I'd tell you to go home and get your shine box. <laughs> oh, this kid, this kid, this kid was great. They, they used to call him Spit Shine Tommy. I swear to God, oh, he'd make your shoes look like fucking mirrors. Excuse my language. He was terrific, he was the best. And he made a lot of money, too. Salud, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Oh. I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you, for crying out? What's, what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit, that's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I mean, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean I'm to right. offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay, salute. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Brattle World. I am your host, the ever amazing, ever spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Last Stop on the Hype Train, where guests help me tick off a popular, well-regarded, or award-winning film that has been much delayed on my bucket list. And I find out if it lives up to the hype. So this is a new format for the show. So uh, I've been thinking about watching a lot of these films, or I've the popular, you know, people like them, and that usually puts me off because you know what I like to watch: total dog shit films. Uh, no, I like my cults. I like my, you know, the off kilter, the weird, the wacky, the strange, the offensive, the infamous, the poor, terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, so I thought, I thought, let's flip that. Maybe get some new listeners in. Maybe pull in, pull in a few more listeners. But there was so many films. You know, I'm getting on a bit, and I think now is time to watch these films. So, uh, so I've created this format, and I think uh, with help of the guests, my friends, uh, we're going to slowly go through them and find out whether I was right to leave this later, or whether I should have got to it sooner. And who else could I start this new format with than the ball breaker? That is Angry Andy Reviews. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're breaking my balls. You're breaking my balls. You're breaking hey, my oh, balls. Oh, hey, oh, what? hey. Oh, oh! I'm going to paraphrase Tommy. You're, you're late watching this. You'd be late for your own fucking funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Our mutual friend Nathan was. I, I kind of kept this a dirty little secret of mine because I, I felt I felt like if I told him, he'd be like, "Right, we're going to have to watch it now." And I'm like, <laughs> "Do we have to?" I'm like, "It's like, we <laughs> do we really have to?" Um, but it's it's one of those things where. I'll I'll go into the reason why why I've 
decided mm-hmm. not to watch it. So again, I, I tend to avoid these ones that everyone tells me to watch. Oh, you got to see Goodfellas. you got to see Goodfellas. you got to yeah. see Goodfellas. After a while, I get a bit sick of it, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch it now because you've told me too many times. Uh, but if somebody goes, oh, yeah, there's this one weird film that's actually all right, I'll go, yes, I'll watch that. <laughs> that one weird guy told me to watch that one weird film, so I'm definitely going to watch it. So, uh, so I, you're you know, not a man of critical reception, are you? No, I'm I'm just I'm just edgy. That's what it is. I'm just an edge. I'm just an edge lord, um, and and that's kind of part of it. Sometimes it's again if it gets a lot of acclaim. Sometimes if it's very long. Yeah. Sometimes I've started them. I've stopped them for whatever reason. Um, I've not included ones where I've turned them off. I've just gone. This is shit. I'm turning it off. Um, like the the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I've turned that film off three times. Really? Wow. Well, I I never started it, so that's one we could do. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Um, Another reason for me kind of putting this off, the actors involved as well. I didn't, again, people are going, oh, you've got to see all the De Niro's, you've got to see all the Pacino films. And I'm like, no, I'm more into Dennis Hopper or Jack Nicholson. I'm more into those guys. Like, it was just like, you have to see them all. I'm like, are they really going to be that good? Are they like God's gift to to acting? Is this the God's gift to, to gangster films, you know? And also, I'm I'm a little bit Italian, and oh, I was hey. oh, oh oh oh, it's in my blood. This marinara oh, sauce. Oh, cappuccino, huh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> a little a little part of me, you know, was worried that it would might stereotype Italians and Italian Americans. And... Really? You think it would be? I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was, was it, like it's 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 very low on the list of why I didn't watch. I will say yeah, that. Okay. Right. Because I'm not that Italian. So if my grandmother is is half Italian. My dad is a quarter. I guess that makes me what an eighth, something like that. I don't know. I don't do math. Who, who fucking knows? Tell us. Tell us in the comments how diluted yeah. my blood it, blood is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that a pure blood? You'll never be a pure blood, Frost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so those are kind of the reasons that I've left it. Again, you know, everyone tells you to do it. It's award winning. It's well regarded. Well reviewed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of kind of why I've put it off. But Andy, I want you to tell me why I was wrong to leave it so long. This film. Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. It's hard to say you're wrong, because I, I, I agree with your sort of reasonings, you know, and it's it's fair enough, because whenever people talk about the greatest films in the world, this film is up there, isn't it? It's always there within that top oh, like five, top 10 list. Easy, easy. It's always there. And there are some films in the, you know, in that top 10 list that people bandy around that I haven't seen purely because of like, you have to watch it before you die, like Citizen Kane. I have never seen Citizen Kane. Don't want to. I don't like Orson Welles. So there you go. This film, I think this is the one example, I think for me, of absolute art on screen. This film opened up. This is why I rate it so highly. It's why I love it so much. This film opened my eyes to cinema in terms of it being an art form. So when I was about 16, 17, I was in college in Germany and I was doing a very, very small populated uh, film studies class with about seven other people. And our tutor in there was called Mr. Grant. And uh, Mr. Grant, you're an absolute legend. Thank you very much for opening my eyes um, to critical sort of analysis. Uh, it's from him where I've got my sort of love of breaking down movies and talking about movies and, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty. Because there were so few of us in the class, we just got on with it, whatever work we needed to do to tick the boxes. And then we talked movies and watched movies all the time. And they were like three and a half hour classes and they were superb. But he he put this film on and I'd never, I hadn't seen it. And beforehand, I wasn't really too sort of like 
aware of big movies like like this. I'd seen The Godfather. Weirdly enough, I think I'd seen parts of Casino. But then viewing this just completely changed my outlook. I understood the appreciation for quality camera work and cinematography. I understood and appreciated the level of depth that actors can go to to create like really nuanced scenes and yet be so explosive as well in such you know small amounts and the music grabbed me the violence obviously grabbed me i'd seen much more violent films beforehand but i'd never seen anything that was so brutal in terms of you know what it does to individuals um and what it does to the story and how it changes the characters within the story. Yeah, it just, it absolutely changed my outlook on movies completely. And from then, um, it became sort of like a bar, almost an unattainable bar. And I think that's one of the curses with this film. I'm sure we'll talk a bit later on about like sort of negative impacts, I think. Scorsese, as much as I love The Departed, he's never been able to hit these heights again. And there are a lot of films out there, a lot of imitators that try to attain these levels. And they really shouldn't, because I think this is top-tier filmmaking, top-tier acting, top-tier writing, top-tier everything for me. Yeah. I will say on that list of films I haven't seen, uh, Scorsese does come up a lot. I'm not sure why that is. I don't Mm. know if maybe it is, again, the Italian mobster thing. But like like we were saying as well, like you were saying, people say it's the greatest film of all time. Again, this, this particular format, this particular podcast is about the hype and sometimes that's too much and it can affect yeah. a film and yeah. it can affect how you view a film from the outside uh, or anything. And I think sometimes when you're going in, like I've seen The Godfather. Yeah, there's, there's, pressure, to, there's pressure to enjoy it. I think that's the worry, isn't it? There's, yeah. There's pressure to enjoy it. And I think, you know, I don't shy away from the fact that this, this is my most favourite film, even above Empire Strikes Back. And that was shock a few people. But this is my most favourite film. This is the number one film that I will never get tired of. Again, much like Empire Strikes Back, but I'm I'm thinking in terms of just the sheer level of quality throughout. I think this 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 film steals it for me as being the number one film that I have ever seen. Um, I've got oh well, I got the right person for this one. Then I take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I understand where the sort of like the nervousness to sort of open the DVD case and put the disc in in the drive and sort of go right. I'm going to watch it because, like like you said, because it is so well regarded. There's a danger that you, you go into it and you go. Mm, this isn't this isn't this isn't for me, and it can simply be because of the genre. Natalie, my my, my partner, is not exactly a mob film genre lover, so she was kind of like, "Oh, do we have to watch this?" But it's kind of like you almost eventually, when it's like trying to learn to swim or ride a bike, eventually you're gonna have to dip your toe in or get on that seat and pedal through it. And just see whether you come out and then go, you know what, I want to carry on pedal cycling, pedal cycling, or I want to carry on swimming. You know, I don't like swimming, so. You know, if you don't like the film, then it's it's not it's not a, it's not a big one. I'm not sort of going to knock you for you know, but as long as you've tried it, that's the thing. Mm. It's avoiding that elitism because I think, like you said, a lot of these top tier films, you know, these top 100 films you must watch before you die. Some of them are really difficult to sort of get through, and some of them I don't want to. Uh, like I said, Citizen Kane, I, I don't want to. I just I just don't want to. If somebody wants to do one of these, like you. 
and you will skip <laughs> through cities and gain them fine. We'll do it and we'll have open discourse about it. I think that's the thing is hmm. having open discourse where we can sort of say it wasn't for me, but... I do have some criticisms, but we'll get to that much later. You said, you told me just before this podcast started, this, like you've said, it's your, your favourite film. Like, what, what is it that Scorsese brings that the the cast, the crew bring to this film that makes it so unique, the writing or whatever it is? What's the je ne sais quoi? I think it's, it's hard to sort of nail because there are so many different elements. You've got everybody sort of giving their very best performances. When you look right the way through, you've got Joe Pesci, who is fucking hell. It's an incredible performance. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and before watching this, when he first came on screen, I went, why is the guy from Home Alone in this? And then I was I was completely shocked that this there was the same actor. And then obviously you got Robert De Niro, who his performance is, is quite sort of measured. There's other performances out there where he is quite extreme. I think Casino, he's, 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 he does more in Casino, I think. It's been a while since I've watched Casino. And here he's, he's quite he's quite a measured sort of, it's quite a measured sort of performance. But then you have Ray Liotta, who, who for me... And it's it's a shame with Ray Liotta. I don't think he was ever able to sort of match the level of performance that he has in Goodfellas in anything else. Um, so there's a bit of a curse there if you want to sort of say like a negative there. I think the lightning, this this film is a, a lightning, you know, in a bottle film. Um, and there are so many elements to it that could never be replicated by Scorsese himself. I mean, I enjoy Casino. It's not as good as Goodfellas. Um, I enjoy The Departed. There's some elements towards the end of the uh, the end of Goodfellas which track into his other films, whereby maybe it should have ended ten minutes earlier, fifteen minutes earlier, and because of the runaway success of Goodfellas, he never managed to acknowledge that maybe the film should have ended a little bit earlier than it did um, going forward, which is his curse. <laughs> you know, The Departed goes on a lot longer than it should, really. And even like Gangs of New York, just it goes on and on. And I, I love all of them. And that's just it. I love all of Scorsese's work, but there are clear flaws. Would you say it's a, a much of a muchness is his curse that he's like, I've got all this and I need to fit it in and yeah. need to find a way? Is it pacing? Do you think it's a it's a pacing thing or yeah, well, I think it's I think it's because he builds his films build up to a resounding crescendo, and that crescendo is so powerful, so strong, that in order to, that the necess, the, the need to finish the story, which has to happen, um, ultimately just comes away a little bit because you've already hit that massive high already. There's there's a few bits that follow on that you go, oh, 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 should we not have just waited a little bit? Before, you know, going, this is the awesome bit. But it's to do with, because a lot of his films are based on true-to-life sort of instances. Obviously, Goodfellas is based on um, Henry Hill's uh, memoir. So, there, you know, he's obviously tracking real-life events. So you're obviously going to get something that is so ultrally shocking. And then it trails away into what happens with Henry Hill's life. But it doesn't... It, you do sort of have that sense of going, oh, well, oh, that's a bit depressing, isn't it? And it happens with Gangs of New York as well. You have this this, this massive sort of, you know, build-up and then uh, a nothing burger of an ending. <laughs> and it's, it's really, really sort of jarring. Is he is he a bit like Stephen King? You just can't nail the endings? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, I, I really like the ending for Goodfellas because I don't think it drags on in terms of falling away, like, like I said, like a lot of his other films do later on you know because there is that natural sort of progression to it you, you go into 
you know, post, uh, I mean, we'll go with spoilers, obviously. Yeah, sure. Po- po- post, uh, <laughs> if post- you haven't seen Goodfellas by yeah. now, like me at 34 years of age, um, <laughs> then you, it's your own problem. Sorry, yeah, guys. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, this is your five second warning, really. <laughs> so, post, post Tommy's death, which again is like, I, I said this before, like, this is a film of favorite moments. And Tommy, Tommy's death, Tommy's Tommy getting whacked is just it's fucking spot on, you know, shocking moment. But again, you have that you have that fuck oh fucking hell shock moment, and then we go into you know this sort of drugs story, which kind of is sort of a bit of like a oh okay because nobody likes drugs, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody nobody likes. Uh, it. I mean, only the people taking them do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> very much, too much, if anything. Yeah, stop it, you fucking mouse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you go into this drug story, and it kind of it's it's very much a slow thing because it's all about paranoia and oh, who's watching me? Who's doing that? Wow, Ooh, uh, and it takes chugs on a little bit before you get the oh, you're going to fucking jail, rat all your friends, and then it ends. So it, it's it's only what 10, 15 minutes, I think, or twenty minutes at most. But yeah, it it does sort of like go Ooh, a bit a bit a bit of a flat ending, but. I think it's purely because you see really, really Uta's sort of character, you know, devolve because he, at the start he's an unsure kid who gets a job and then he fucking rises to the top and then you see this this fucking clear sort of demise and then the paranoia involved with everybody poorly, you know, with Robert De Niro as well. I just think they probably could have done maybe a little bit more, possibly. I don't really know, but that's that's me sort of trying to find a criticism, I think. Um, well, well, I was going to say, I do have some... So uh, much like our friend Jack, uh, I am Jack's musings uh, of Back to the Filmography, Pop Gorilla. He's been on my show. He's been on everything. He is great. I'm going to steal a page out of his book, and I'm going to mm. look at some... I've been looking at letterbox reviews, which I will get onto later. Letterboxd uh, is a, is a, is a yes. bizarre place. It's, it's a weird sort of park, isn't it? It is. And it, park get... riddled with weird sort of... <laughs> Things. Not that Jack's weird. Um, no, no, no. But it, it's, it, it's, well, it's a unique perspective in in Letterbox. You get a good range of people, I think, and a good range of reviews. You do. I, I was looking elsewhere, and it was really hard to kind of collate them because yeah. I wanted the lowest. I wanted the people who didn't like it. So I, yeah. I've gone with those low reviews, those one stars, half Ooh. a star, two and a half stars, two stars. It's like um, Letterbox is like IMDb without the incels, isn't it? You know. <laughs> IMDb's become a very dangerous place these days, isn't it? So, anyway. Uh, yeah, any, anyway, anyway, so the common, <laughs> the common, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, controversial topics. Um, <laughs> we are, uh, the common criticisms I found. Now, now these, again, there's a good range of people. There's some people that are taking the piss. There's some people that are, are genuinely criticising the film. Mm. Um, some of the things that were said were Ray Liotta's laugh. Oh no, I fucking love that laugh. <laughs> I I like it. I'll, I'll be honest. I like it. I think it's unhinged. It's funny. It's weird. But some people found that annoying. Another, I, I can I can see why because it's 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 loud. It's sharp. Um, A bit shrill. The, A bit shrill. The point is with the laugh. I think. Well, let's 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 do it. The point with the laugh. When Tommy's doing that joke at the start of the film. Well, sort of when I say the start of the film, yeah. we already talk about I'm a fucking clown or I amuse you. The laugh, it's fake, isn't it? They're all laughing, they're all fake laughing because they know Tommy is a fucking maniac, which is why that fucking scene is so brilliant because he overdoes it. He goes, Ah, oh, you're funny, you're funny. Well, 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 I'm a fucking funny. And immediately, 
it's like, oh, fucking hell, we've pushed it too far. Everybody, everybody fucking shuts up. Everybody stops laughing. And then when he goes, I fucking had you. You see him? I, I thought he was going to shit, you know, all this stuff. Then everybody restarts, starts laughing again with a fake laugh. And he goes, oh, you're a funny guy, you know. For me, that laugh in that in that scene is, is mm. pure fake. He's got, it's, it's a fake laugh. But then, and but later, then later on in the film, yeah, it's the same kind of sort of shrill sort of I like I like what you're saying. Laugh, isn't it? I like what you're saying though, because he's he's become that he's obviously in that kind of lifestyle. You're co- mm. constantly on edge. Yeah, like you, you could be whacked any moment. You could, you know, things can happen. So eventually, he he's normalized that laugh. That's just his laugh now. Yeah, because he's spent so much time potentially with this very da- these two very dangerous people specifically. Yeah that could kill him at any moment if he pisses them off even in the slightest way. Yeah, you know, even... making a joke, boost their ego, you know. Exactly. Make, so it... Make them know that you think it's it's funny or, you know, it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I, was say, I was saying that with Mike on the, the the Carnage podcast. He was saying that with Shriek and, and Carnage himself. Like, he's an, it's an ego yeah. boost. And that's what it is, I think. And because he's been, he's so, like you said, all, I, all I've ever, the opening is really good, really strong. That's how you open a film. Yeah. Those opening two and a half minutes fucking set the scene, set the tone, set the acting, set the, the fucking the score of the film, the lighting. Everything is in those opening two and a half minutes. The violence, yeah, it's it's all there. I, I can't argue with that opening. Like that bit of obviously, you know, I always, as long as I remember, I always wanted yeah. to be a gangster. It's an iconic line. No, and, no, and, no, Tommy, no, he's still alive. The fucking prick, he's still alive. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm I'm going to apologize, guys. I think I've got a bit of a cold because my I've got a cough and my nose is running a bit. So if you hear that on you the recording, fucking sniffling, snortling son of a bitch, spider. That bandage on your foot is bigger than your fucking head. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Tommy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think the opening is very strong. And again, like you said, I think this I think the soundtrack's amazing. I think the soundtrack is fucking. I've fantastic. got the soundtrack. It's, it's whenever, whenever I'm having a long drive, it'll be like Frank Sinatra, and then I'll stick a bit of Goodfellas on. It's such a good soundtrack. Yeah, and it, it goes it goes from like bam bam like banger to banger to banger to banger. Yeah, um, it's really really solid, and uh, and and it obviously obviously as time goes on, the music changes with the times as well, which yeah, I like. Yeah. Like Rolling Stones comes in, and you know, and all that other stuff, and yeah, I really I really appreciated that. That and and the way they kind of show. The, the progression of time as well, mm. which I, th- I thought was really good. And and again, it's very slight, like the styles of hair change, the clothing. Yeah. But some of the stuff just stays the same. Like it, it changes, you know, but it doesn't change altogether. Yeah. It's still the same. but Which different. is poignant when you think about how, how it all becomes, they're all their downfall. Everything around them's changed and yet they haven't. So this is why it all just falls apart in the end. But, they make but, mistakes that they wouldn't have made in the past because they haven't adapted. <laughs> well, it's a bit. It's a little bit like Scarface, which which I love. You know, they they're told what they shouldn't be doing. They to- yeah. they're told what the rules are, and they all fucking break them. Like Paulie yeah. says, "Don't do drugs." You know. Yeah. Um, sadly, uh, at the time of recording, uh, sadly, Paul Sorvino uh, passed away yesterday. We'd like to uh, dedicate this podcast to him. I probably should have mentioned that at the start, but um, he's an incredible actor. I, lo- I love him in the Rocketeer, uh, the stuff. Yeah. 
Um, he's in Nixon, um, a few other things like The Cooler, and he's in a ton of stuff. Uh, but those are the yeah. ones you've probably seen him in, uh, and including this. And he's he was great. And uh, again, it's the zeitgeist, zeitgeist curse, as I want to call it, because every time I say I'm doing a podcast, somebody either dies, something either very negative happens, or something very positive happens. Mm. Uh, and there's no middle ground, um, you know. So so this is a really uh, sad thing to have. And Fred Ward passed away before the Cast of Deadly Spell podcast. So yeah, yeah it's just it's it's really shit. And we've lost uh, was it Ray Liotta this year as well? Yeah, we lost Ray Liotta. We lost um, we've lost quite a few. As awful as it is, so so many guys. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the last few years, I think there's been a few more like Vince, uh, was it Frank Vincent? Is uh, Billy Bats? Yeah, Billy Bats passed away in 2017. A lot of the smaller parts, you know, the characters, smaller characters, they, they've passed away as well. You know, the ones that you, you see pop up. The guy from Goodfellas, uh, Ed Goodfellas, bloody um, Sopranos. I, what was his name? Tony Sirico. Yeah, they minor Tony stacks in this. You see him get out of the car and whatever. Yeah, he's got the uh, greased, hair, greased hair at the start, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He has a little bit of a fight. Well, I say it's like a little, little bit when uh, when young Henry's looking out there, looking out of the, the, the window, and he sees him, he's just there. Yeah, and then Maury as well. You know, Maury's wigs. Fucking hell, Maury's wigs is hilarious. Oh god, I love. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know why, but I loved more. I love his character. It was just it's like we need an annoying prick. <laughs> like yeah. we need absolutely yeah. someone who he, he he's like a dog with a bone. Like you, we can't like he's yeah. never. And you're like you're like. And then I love that bit where Ray Liotta breaks and he goes. He goes. You know what? Go ask him. Go ask him. Yeah. Money. You see what fucking happens. And he goes. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. oh, oh, I love you, Ray Liotta. You know? The thing. This is the thing with the film. I mean, we're, we're, I think we're blitzing through a lot. Of, a lot of like sort of sort of stuff here. But sure, yeah. One of the one of the one of the, the greatest things about this film is how how good the supporting cast is. How how much they sort of add to the story and yet don't take anything away. They're all they're all perfectly well placed characters. I mean, you've got bloody Samuel Jackson in there, um, yeah, you know, in a very small role. You've got you've got all sorts of people just popping up left, right, and centers. Uh, Carbone, uh, you know, with the with the, <laughs> with, the, with the I love his like, hair. I don't know. I don't know what that amazing. is. But yeah. I love it. It looks like it looks like Darth Vader's helmet that's yeah. been placed on his head or something. Yeah, it does, it? like a fire pilot's helmet, yeah. But it does that introduction, like early on in the film, where you're introduced to a load of these characters, like these little side characters. Some of them you don't see again apart from that minor introduction. But then, like with Frankie Carbone, you know, they've all got their own little individual mannerisms. And Frankie Carbone's got that that weird sort of I say weird. Um, he's got that sort of mannerism where he, he I think he's he's speaking Italian really fast, but you, you don't really say it. And interestingly enough, the other day when I was re-watching it, I put I put on the subtitles just to see if it came up to say what he was saying, and it never does. So you got these little great moments in the film. I think they ju- they've just killed Samuel Jackson's character. Uh, Tommy's just killed him, and he's going. He goes, "Well, make that fucking coffee to go." Make the fucking coffee go, and he turns around and goes, "Hey, what do I? What do I? You know, and that's how it sounds. It sounds awful that I'm saying it like that, but that's how it sounds." He goes, "Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? And he goes, "What the fuck are you doing? Put that fucking coffee pot down. Get the fuck out of here." And he's like, "Well, why? But his little, yeah, the, the small characters are so well done, so well fleshed out that when something does happen to them, when Frankie Carbone is found in the meat truck, you go, "Fucking hell! Not even he gets away with it." Not even he comes out of this fucking okay. And that, that's the great thing. Like, there are so many interesting characters that just pop up and disappear. Like, I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. It just gives you flavour. The flavour's just there of what this world is. You know, where where these people live, how they go about their lives. 
you know, and how dangerous it is because, like, like I said, some characters disappear and then you hear about them later on. They always oh, got fucking whacked, or he's been in jail for 25 years. I don't want to end up like him when Paul Savino is telling uh, Ray Liotta, I ain't going to fucking jail. Stay away from fucking drugs. I ain't going to jail. I'm not being like that guy. I'm not being in there for 25 years. And you're like, fucking hell, you know, we, we saw him at the start of the film. That's where he's been. I, I think this is one of the better films I've, I've seen that really does the world building right. Yeah. Like from the get go, you're in. Like the second that line hits, the music cue hits, you're in. You yeah. know, that you're in the world, you're 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 dragged in, not kicking and screaming, but you're you're pulled in in a in a group in a good way, in a welcoming yeah. way. But then also it's like, look at this and look at that and look at all these these horrible things. Yeah. But it, it again, it's much like in the characters in the film, you're kind of seduced by the world. You're seduced by the yeah. mafia itself, like like uh, Bracco and like Re- Leota. Yeah. You know, their like their monologue is saying that, you know, it didn't bother me or it was exciting. It turned me on, you know. Yeah. I, I want all this stuff. I got all this stuff. I could get bread without queuing, you know, all this other stuff, all yeah. these little things that kind of be like, oh yeah, actually that might be quite tempting, or yeah. that might be quite a good thing to to have, or maybe I should join the mob, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's all this stuff, and and I love the the juxtaposition between the most loving people. These guys absolutely love each other. There's a a, a brotherhood that caring, they're kissing and hugging constantly. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I love you, I love you, I love you. But then the sharp juxtaposition to the extreme, intense fucking violence yeah. and and dark matter in this stuff like one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is with Scorsese's mom at, at the dinner table yeah fucking superb scene excellent scene uh the fact that they're all they do they're just acting like normal guys yeah. having dinner with a mom talking joking laughing i get a girl every night man <laughs> you know there's the, and there's so much chemistry with everybody i yeah. think i think scorsese's mom is a, a very credible actor i think she was great yeah. i think i think she was fantastic yeah i don't want to i don't want to sort of uh, I, i'm pretty sure but i'm like 90 percent sure that scene the majority of that scene was sort of fully improvised as well they just they just went for it but with that in mind, it's even it's even better. If that was if that was truly the case, it's, it's even better because the fucking it's it's totally natural, which is terrifying at the same time. Like it's absolutely terrifying. But that that scene's brilliant. I fucking love it because yeah, they're just having they're just having pasta all the while. They're like, oh, we're gonna take this knife, Mark. Is uh, you know the the deer's what was it? What's it? What's it fucking called? The the paw, the hoof. Yeah, the hoof. Yeah, he's got caught in the grill and we've got to fucking get it out. And fucking meanwhile, Billy Bats is in the boot trying to fucking get out. It's fucking great. And I love I love that shot where it transitions. They're all laughing. They're like, because again, like it's it's yeah. you start you start kind of liking them again. You're like, ah, they're all right. They're not that yeah. bad. Or, but you know, it's it's like having a dickhead friend, you know, like you like yourself. Uh hey, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're breaking your balls. I'm breaking your balls. Uh fucker. <laughs> So uh, you know, it's it's like you know you're like uh, you know they're not great you know around certain people or around in certain areas, but then yeah. but then you know you get them on your own, you're like you know what they're not that bad, they're fine, they're fine. Yeah. I'm I'm only kidding, Andy. I'm talking about like real dickhead friends. <laughs> I've had proper dickhead friends. Like they, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, sure, sure. Just 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 to, just be like before we move on, like mm. again, one of my favorite moments in this film, which I've had I've had many a jokes with is when she gets that painting out and it's got the, got the two dogs on it and uh, the guy's there, the, the, uh, whoever's, on, whoever's in charge of the boat thing on, on this painting. You know, hey, look at this. Look at this painting. This is, this is a nice painting. One dog's going one way, one dog's going the other way. And this guy's like, 
What do you want from me? <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. Absolutely. I don't know why. I, I love absolutely it. love it. And then they go, hey, doesn't he look like somebody we know? Oh, fucking hell, fucking... <laughs> Without the beard, yeah, and they're laughing yeah. about it, and like, and you know, Henry's being shy, Henry Hill yeah. being shy, and stuff. I thought, I, I just out of all the scenes, because again, unfortunately, because I've left this so late, I have seen a lot of these scenes, a lot of the most yeah. famous, you know, you know, why am I? Or it's been or they've been parodied in yeah. Simpsons or yeah. whatever the fuck, and that's kind of my again, that's my own fault, and I accepted that. I was like, okay, this is the scene everyone talks about, or this is the scene that this happened. So I, I knew about the shoe shine. I knew about the am I funny? I knew about yeah. the the because I, I had seen this again. Some of these I've seen in bits and bits and bats, if you will, uh, and uh, and just kind of I sort of piece them together. Or I'm like, oh, I've seen the end, but not really the start, not all the way through. So I'm, I'm allowing that within this format. But it's, it's one of uh, I can't even remember what I was talking about now. Totally the, the painting, the painting, the painting, the painting. One yeah. going one way, one those going the other way. Yeah, this guy's but like, that, that's me. And and because I hadn't seen that scene, that's why I enjoyed it so much because it was totally fresh to me, totally new. Yeah, the the am I funny scene's great. Yeah, the shoe shine scene is fantastic. Yeah. But I hadn't seen this scene, and just the way that they go into that raucous evil laughter, and they're like, and the mum's laughing as well. She's like, I don't know what I'm laughing at. Everyone's having yeah. a good time. We're all <laughs> laughing. We're all laughing. And uh, and you know, and then they're like, <laughs> and then it's just you know, you see the trunk moving and stuff. And just that, like, oh, remember this. It's it's a bit like Blue Velvet. It's like remember the seedy world, by the way. Yeah. Remember this really horrible <laughs> world yeah. away away from everything. You know, you've got this nice little, you know, uh, what what does Blade say? The, this candy coated topping of a world, yeah. and then you get into the real like shit storm of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought especially that scene was uh, it's just a standout for me. Really, just yeah. uh, all of it. Like you said, if it's improvised, I know I was. I was um, looking up some of the stuff. I've not gone into too much trivia, but you can look it up yourself. No, you probably, yeah. Most people probably know it. I'm not going to bother doing that. But yeah, it, it was like, I think De Niro contacted somebody who knew Conway and said, how do, how would he pour ketchup? Like he got that far into character. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not a fan of method acting, but um, as long as you're not an absolute dickhead with it. Uh, yeah. Like some, like some people we know, uh, in you know, and a lot of actors have come out recently saying, yeah, it's just, it's really arrogant and stupid. It has but, to service the film properly. Yeah. If if it becomes greater than the film, the sum of the film, then mm. what's the fucking point? Exactly, exactly. And I think you also have to know what you're in. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Know the, what you know what you're in. Yeah, if you, if know you're what your audiences as well. Like, Absolutely. Up. If you're going for an Oscar, if it's not, if you think it's going to be a award-winning film, then fair, fair play. You know, if you're getting paid enough, and people don't have to be around you all the time, you can do all that shit. Then fine. Mm-hmm. But if, like, if I if I turned up on stage, you know, if I turned up to westernize being a racist cowboy, uh, which was God. the play play you can see me in, yeah. um, I'd, be, I'd be fucking, I'd be murdered. I'd be bloody yeah. murdered for the kind of things I would have Good. to say. Be dragged uh, outside. Exactly, and so and fair play because I would, I would, you know, as a, as somebody <laughs> myself, I'm like, yeah, racism is very bad. Uh, so if I went around saying racial slurs, fucking yeah, I deserve to get beaten up. But yeah, like that's that's my opinion. But yes, um, I'm going to go back to some of the more common criticisms. See what you have to say. Oh about yes, that. yes. Um, so we talked about pacing. We talked about Liotta's laugh. People just found Joe Pesci annoying in general as well. Really? Yeah, I don't agree with that. Because yeah, it's, I, it's it's part of the character, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't the think the character's unhinged. He's yeah. unhinged. So, 
how how can he how can he be annoying if he's if you're unsure of who he really in a way is? in a way if he is annoying you, he's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, I think probably so. Yeah, because he is meant to be that irritating dickhead that's angry and and shitty and yeah, you know, and takes fucks things out. up and makes mistakes and you know, ultimately pays for them. Yeah, well, one of my favorite lines in the whole film was, "I didn't want to get blood on your floor." Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Made me piss. <laughs> it's Emilio's reaction. Well, he kind of, just sort of looked at him and goes, "That's what you're worried about right now." You just want to get blood on your floor, made guy, and you're worried about him fucking blood, blood on my fucking wood floor. I also, I also loved when uh, Sorvino just. Um, I, I read that this was improvised as well. He just slaps Ray Liotta out of the yeah. blue. Just like just yeah. gives him a little. Sl- it's not a hard one, but it's like it's enough yeah. to make him go. What the fuck? <laughs> Which is exactly really his reaction. Is, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucking, fucking love that. Um, yeah, Joe Pesci in general. We talked about pacing. What else was there? Length, which we talked about. I will say I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a fan of massive films, massively long films, but if they grab me and they keep my attention, I'm I'm in. So yeah. I, I have to say that I think Goodfellas, like I watched an hour and a half film the other day. I was looking at my phone. I was doing this. I was doing that, and it felt longer than Goodfellas was. So I'll, I'll yeah. give I'll give that to Goodfellas. L- length, I think, is uh, well, giggity uh, for a start. Length is subjective, <laughs> isn't it? Really, because it's it's dependent on the film itself. Um, yeah, Goodfellas doesn't feel half as long to me as watching sort of Thor: Love and Thunder was, or. Anything really, you know, any really sort of bad 90 minute movie that you just like, please end. You know, um, I watched The Grey Man, uh, recent release on Netflix that dragged and it was painful. Yeah, length is subjective, I think, depending on yeah. what, what you're viewing, you know, how you're reacting to the film. If you're not reacting, you know, you know, if you're not enjoying it, then it's going to feel longer, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like we said, like we said, like we said earlier on, like some of Scorsese's films, they do drag on towards like the sort of the, the final, you know, fifth of a film. Um, but in, within this one, I don't think that's the case. I don't, I don't think it's overtly long. Um, I don't think it it sort of overstays its welcome either. To be fair, yeah, I I, I agree. They probably could have ended it at about two hours. I think I'll, I'll get into the ending a little bit because I've got a few things to say about the ending um, as well. Like you've already said, but I, I want to uh, to go over that. Another another problem I think is more from kind of uh, again a lot of these reviews are fairly recent. So one of the oh really yeah. So from what from what I could tell, they were fairly recent. Most of them. And it was the misogyny and the racism and the kind of toxic oh. masculinity of of stuff, um, which is a fair. I think it's a fair criticism, but I think also. It is, but when's the film set? Exactly, exactly. So that's that's the thing I said about uh, Cast a Deadly Spell, the Fred Ward film. Yeah, there is some really problematic stuff in that, but then I'm also like, well, it's a it's a unique world, and it's in the forties, you yeah. know, late late forties. Even like in terms of the, the misogyny, they even talk about it. Lorraine Bracco has that that monologue where she sat with the wives, um, that narration monologue where she's saying they don't yeah. look good, they all look they all look used and sort of abused and you know disheveled. So it it talks about it you know it it, it it acknowledges sort of like the these you know, the women in these men's lives as being superfluous objects in favor of you know the them guma having, them, yeah them having gumas and mm-hmm. you know um you know flings with other women there's, there's there's sequences in there where Lorraine Bracco is trying to sort of 
out these women. And yeah, she's she's quite a strong character in this film as well. So yeah, that, you know, that's that's what, I don't, I don't what really... surprised me going in because I'd read some of these comments before watching, and I was like, okay, so we're gonna maybe see a woman get slapped around. Possibly, yeah. there's probably gonna be a rape in it at some point. Maybe, um, you know, maybe women getting killed and stuff, which is in the film, um, and you know, and really disgusting kind of behavior. But it wasn't like again because I've had that idea going in, mm. and I watched it. I was like, actually, it's not as bad as I expected it to be. That no. that side of it, and again, obviously, there's a few slurs thrown around and you know what have yeah. you yeah it's unfortunate it's, and it, it, swings both, it swings both ways as well doesn't it like mm. the characters call themselves slurs like the Irish hoodlum or yeah. you know that the Irish bum you know that guinea you know they they, they have those those slurs come from they're intertwined with all all especially like all three of the central characters well, well the, the, the hero and, and yeah, yeah they, well, they, they, they they give each other grief based on where they're from and why they can't be, you know, why they can't get made or yeah. anything, you know. Well, I was going to say because they're because they've got Irish blood. Yeah, they can't they can't fully be made into made men, so they can't yeah. be protected like Billy Bats or people like yeah, exactly. that because they're yeah. not full blooded Italian. They can't trace the roots. Unfortunately, it's just I think it's a sign of the times we are in now that we're a bit more yeah. aware of this sort yeah, of thing and a bit like, more critical of it. Yeah, but my argument is it's context. Hmm. It's context. When this film was based, when it was set, not when it was made, no, when it was set. So the timing when the film was set, because we can't sugarcoat everything. You wouldn't do a World War II, II film and not show people getting killed on the Battle of Normandy. You, you don't, you don't, don't do Saving Private Ryan and then glorify uh, the Normandy landings because it's not factually correct. It's not, it's not fair to those that suffer you know, or did suffer through any of things. And it's the same with sort of like, you know, sort of racial sort of slurs where we have to sort of acknowledge it and then we sort of grow from that, don't we? That's my sort of thing. It's like you you like highlight exactly what it was like and then say, this is why we we we, we evolve. Yeah, you know That's why we change. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. look, look, look where we are now. Look how more, how how much better we treat yeah. people of color, of people yeah. in the LGBT community. Exactly. And so on, and so on. Another reason why I didn't come to this uh, for a while, I think, is when I was young, a lot of dickheads liked these films for the wrong reasons. So there was a lot of like, um, you know, obviously we played a lot of like, we played like GTA. For for example, Vice City is my favourite Grand Theft Auto game, mm-hmm. starring Ray Liotta, inspired by Scarface. Yeah. So it's all there. And like my music tastes kind of haven't changed from that game you know it's quite influential on me that game i played it all the time uh and that kind of got me into that and but because these kind of dickheads are like yeah lots of violence and blood and it's really really good and i'm like i, I like that but i like it within yeah. something else I like, again i'm more of a genre guy and mm-hmm. and like a real life mob story isn't necessarily what i'm going to go for for that i'm going to yeah. probably going to go to you know a, a horror film or something for that that kind of buzz i mean in the 90s as well like there was a a glamorization of mobsters and gangsters and you know you know all these rap all these rappers you know loving scarface but everybody seems all these people seem to miss the fucking point of the films yeah that's the thing that's the thing i think it's like people watching oh well fucking hell people watching fast and furious and going oh that means i can just drive cars really fast now what no, <laughs> there are laws. There's not a reason to act like a fucking knobhead because they're doing it in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, that's just it. They, they, uh, a lot of these people that jump on something, they sort of 
either missed the point entirely, like you said, or they just got screw looses anyway to begin with. So whatever. <laughs> but but that's that's what I love about it, though. I like that. I like that it's not like, you know, I, I think sometimes that it's nice where you have a film that kind of upsets your expectations. Yeah. But but also I like a film that I'm like, things are going to end badly and I want them to because yeah. these people are not good people. Absolutely. So. absolutely. And yeah, I, I enjoy those kind of films as well where, pe- where people do get their comeuppance, you know, and rightly so and justifiably so. And it, like you said, it's, it's it's all about context, isn't it? The the racist. <laughs> I don't know why you get glamorized like Scarface. Scarface is he's, he's the worst kind of person in the world. Like I don't understand why you <laughs> want to be that person. They did. What they you want to you want to get killed by a hundred armed guys? All right then. Go for, go okay. for it. Go for it. Yeah, that's right. Do you want a wife with a polluted womb? Go for it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, like like it, it happened. I, I remember buying the Scarface DVD and all the features that were on it. One of the features was just loads of rappers. Um, talking yeah. about how, how much they loved Scarface, thought it was really good, inspired a lot of songs, and and they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, are you missing the irony? Are you all of you missing the irony? Yeah. I, I I like Scarface. I appreciate Scarface. I like the story. I think there's good acting in it. I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. great '80s excess. But <laughs> I know I know that I don't want to be Scarface at the end of it. There is a fundamental flaw <laughs> to his character. Anyway, anyway, the fact that he gets murdered. After yeah, gets- murdering plenty of other people. But they're, they're going, yeah, what a way to go, though. What a way to go. Brilliant. Well, yeah, fine. <laughs> sure, okay. He had, a t- he had a tiger, though. He had a tiger. I want a tiger. Mm, yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he was going to do jail time. He had a death squad after him. I want all those things. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? What's wrong with you? He got shot. Yeah, I know. I want it. I want that. I want all of that. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> So here's is one of my criticisms uh, with the film. It. Here's one of mine. It's not. I will. I'll be honest. There is not many, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. Interesting. As much as I like the world building, and as much as I like the narration, I think the first forty minutes to an hour is too, a little too reliant on that voice, that narration. I. I, I feel like. I feel like there's. Because we get to the kind of middle section of the film and it almost disappears a little bit, the voiceover. Yeah. There's, there's little dribs and drabs of it. It's not consistent, is my is my thing. And then it comes back full-fledged at the end to end the story. And obviously it's based on a book and it's, you know, it's told by the guy who did it. But I think there might have been a better way of again showing and not telling. Again, yeah. again, I don't I don't necessarily hate it. I just I just thought. And and then it changed, and then the, the narrator changed to to Lorraine Bracco's character, and I was a bit like, "What the fuck? Where am I going now? What, what's happening?" And I, I was like, "Who are we? Who's the perspective? What are we talking about?" But again, I, I I just felt like maybe maybe have it for a little bit, then a scene. Have it for a little bit, then a scene. Like if you look at the Batman, that was a fairly consistent narration throughout. There wasn't like a long long chunks of it without narration. Yeah. But with this, it was like, all the, like, this is my life, gangsters, this, this, all these guys doing these things. He did that and he did that. This was his name and that was this name. And there's a lot of kind of, it, it's a lot of exposition for, you know, I know you're not a fan of exposition uh, when it's mm. dumped on you. It's done in an entertaining way. Don't get me wrong. I think, yeah. I think, I think Ray Liotta's voiceover work is fucking some of the best voiceover work I've ever heard. Yeah. But there was a lot of it. Um, yeah. And that, that was, that was my, one of my issues with the beginning. I was like, Okay, yeah. Can we get to the? Can we get to the thing? Like, started really strong, and then we're just like narration for another forty minutes. I'm like, right, I need to 
let's let's get moving. Let's. Yeah. You know, that was one of my criticisms. I don't know what you what you say to that, but I, I think just going back to you said we're brought into this world rather sort of like it's a shocking world, and yet we have this this hand holding through it, don't we? Which is mm-hmm. what happens. This is what this is like. What the narration is for me, I think it it's a case of like, come with me. Let me show you. Yeah, let me show you this world. Guiding uh, you in, guiding you. Yeah, in. rather than just throwing you in amidst all this chaos, let me let me show you how I got to this point. Yeah, the the, the narration cuts over most of his young life, doesn't it? Up until yeah. we get that first sort of glimpse of of him and uh, Tommy as yeah. adults. I don't, I don't think the young Rayleigh Otter says three lines. Yeah, it's 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 all over. It's all jobbed over, isn't it? By Rayleigh Otter's um, yeah. narration, I think. I think it's done mainly sort of to, to impact, give you a greater impact of the more sort of heavy hitting elements. So like the narration comes to a complete abrupt end when uh, when young Henry's dad gets that letter from school and you get that really fucking intense, really sharp, it says you've not been to school in months. In months! And he fucking bang straight away. And you get fucking, you know, heavy hitting. So it kind of like jolts you out of this, this lovely sort of comforting sort of river ride of Ray Liotta's voice. Well, it's that seduction again, isn't it? That they're yeah, seducing yeah. you with this world. And maybe yeah. maybe you do have it, a point. Ray, Ray Liotta's sort of glamorizing it in his narration. So he's adding to that glamorization. Yet when when the, when the narration cuts out, we see the hard reality. We see that it's not all fucking fun and games. We see that it's not all nicey-nicey. Like you say, you know, I got to wear these nice suits. I was getting lots of money. And the next thing is fucking dad's beating the shit out of him. It's him with that, with that fucking belt. And it's it's proper, like, it's loud. Mm. That, 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 that scene is loud. Because it's like Ray Luther's sort of narration is... It's not monotone, but it's it's a very steady sort of volume, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, okay, we're, we're coasting along, we're coasting along, we're on this river, and then bam, if you fucking go back to school, you're going to be a fucking bum. You know, and then his mum's screaming in the background. And yeah, it pauses, and then it goes back again. Yeah, I think, well, I think you might be right. I think, in a way, you've got to build that world, because by the end of it, that world is torn apart. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think you've got to have it come together. And yeah, I, I just think... It felt it got to a point where it felt intrusive. Yeah, it felt, can, it feels. Yeah, I can appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that, but I think it is it is for me. It's it's Henry Hill's sort of un, un, like him not being able to come out of that world. He's telling you this fairy tale. It's the fairy tale story, and yet us as the audience, when we're watching the visuals of it, we're like, "This is not. This is not a fairy tale. You're all gonna fucking suffer." Um, and we get we we, we see it I, even in the early moments of the film when when Tommy there's voiceover before Tommy goes into the fucking you know the the clown you know my clown my fucking muse you and then it's deadly silent apart from what he's saying. It is for me the narration is the constant sort of inability for for him and uh, Lorraine Bracco's character to sort of see the reality of their situation. They're still stuck, even though they're giving us sort of like in past tense, they're actually telling us the story as they're living it, which is weird. It's really weird, really weird setup. They are telling it as like a past tense story, but they're still experiencing it as we sort of experience it. It's really weird. And it's that sort of fairy tale. They're They're still stuck in that fairy tale notion, even though... Their lives are fucked. It's like it's like they're reminiscing about these are the good times, and they were like, yeah. not not yeah, really yeah, yeah. the good times, but yeah. they were the best of times at that point. 
that we yeah. could have. So I, I, I do appreciate it. It's not, again, I don't think it's perfect for me. Again, I don't think it's consistent all the way through. I think the the middle has a long, there's almost no narration in the center of the film. Yeah. Uh, and then it but comes, yeah, yeah. It comes that, back. I think that's, that's sort of where we see where the fucking change happens. We we see where it all starts to fall apart because every, everything's we're built up from this from this from the early moments. We're built up to this, you know, this massive high. Everything's going great, and then fucking Billy Bats happens, and that's where it fucking that's where it breaks. That's where it starts to crumble away and starts to fall apart. And then you've got the Lufthansa heist, and everybody's getting fucking murdered. This is that's where the threads start falling apart, and that's where the voiceovers come back in because they're like, "Yeah, oh, I need to tell you about this because this is where it all started to go fucking weird." Yeah. And we're trying to piece it together, but oh fucking hell. It's all like when it was perfect is when nobody said when there's no when there's no fairy tale because the fairy tale is existing in real time at that point from afterwards and from before is when they're building the fairy tale and telling you how the fairy tale should have continued. I think the best the best part of the of this film, the best parts are where it's the juxtaposition and the irony. Yeah. Like those for me just just stuck out and I'm just like, this is this is fantastic. This kind yeah. of stuff is great. But what I loved is is I actually really enjoyed. Obviously, a lot of people are going to look at this film and look at the violent scenes, look at the 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 shootings, the stabbings, mm. the killings. I actually enjoyed a lot of the quiet, more sensitive moments. Yeah, um, I loved the scene between Paulie and Ray Liotta where he comes out of jail. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, and and Paulie's like, I told you. Don't do it. I told yeah. what 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 else do you want me to do? I told you he's like you got to help me. You got to help me. I was like, and yeah. he's st- even though you know he's gonna probably whack him yeah. or get someone to whack him, he still gives him some money. Yeah. And he's like, and he go and Ray Liotta cries, yeah. like like straight away, bam, tears. And he's like, that won't even cover the funeral. Yeah, I've got to turn my back on you. <laughs> it's fucking heartbreaking life. I've got to yeah. turn my back on you. I'll be, I'll be honest. Well, you know, he's been been there since the fucking beginning. He supported him in every fucking. Venture. He's the nicest gangster, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, fucking Paul, Paulie, big Paulie is the nicest fucking gangster there ever is. Oh fucking hell! But that's why it uh, makes like the ending so impactful because you're like fucking hell. Henry Hill's fucking betrayed. Fucking Paulie is fucking he, he, the nicest gangster. He's probably very very merciless. Well, like you said at the start, he doesn't. He never moves quick. He doesn't have to move quick for anybody. But you can you can believe it. You can believe the, the power in the presence, uh, even up until that moment. But you see, like even in that moment when he's giving him that money, Paulie's fucking broken himself. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't trust anyone anymore. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I also really loved where. Uh, Tommy announces he's going to get made, and everybody's so fucking happy for him. Yeah. The Nero, it, it's the most, it's the most kind of like movement and action you get out of De Niro when he's not killing anybody. Yeah. And and he's so happy, so pleased. He's like, yeah, we're practically made as well. This is a big thing for us. You know, these us, us guys, us good fellas are we we've done it. We've got there. And then when they find out, when he when he gets on the phone, and he finds out. That yeah. Tommy's dead, and he just fucking breaks down. And again, it's 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 that acting, it, like that's you know when like uh, you know when acting when you're trying to act drunk, yeah, and you don't actually act drunk, you yeah, yeah. act like you're sober while being drunk. Yeah, 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 that's how you act drunk. You're like, I'm fine, I'm I'm all right, no, I'm good, I'm good. You know that sort of thing. And yeah. he he's doing that, but he's like. You know, he's not just crying; he's trying not to cry. That's that's yeah, yeah. how it's coming across. And I, I just thought, 
I thought it was great. And it really, and, and Ray Liotta comes out and he's just fucking in bits as well, but he just doesn't know how to react. So he's just like, yeah. And this guy is like stone. De Niro's character is like stone all the way through, like granite. Yeah. And this one, this one fucking moment. That, that, that phone that phone conversation is fucking genius as well. It's like, so what, what happened? Well, we ran into a bit of a problem and uh, there's nothing we could do. Like, it's just like, just that straight away. Yeah. No explanation needed. Like, you, like obviously we see what happens. Yeah. Story, but for, for, for De Niro's character, he, he knows, he knows the lingo. He knows the language. He knows straight away. He knows so, what's being no. said without, without yeah. it being said. He's gone um, and uh, there's nothing we could do. Yeah. And they know why as well. It's like, fucking hell. Shit, it's it's just just awful. I, I I also really quite like the scene where Lorraine Bracco's character or Mrs. Hill, whatever you want to call her, she goes to to Tom, uh, not Tommy. Um, God, what's his name? The Irishman. What's his name? Conway. De Niro. De Niro. De Niro's character. <laughs> Jimmy. That one. Jimmy. Oh, Conway. Jimmy. Jimmy Conway. <laughs> Jimmy Conway. Fucking hell. A, to be fair, there's a lot of fucking Italian names in this. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. Lot of there's a lot of Paulies. Ponies. A lot of a pizza. Lot of... A lot of Peters. Uh, uh, Peter Junior, Polly Junior, uh, Mary. What do, you, what do you fucking want from me? What do you fucking Mary? Want from me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that scene where he's like, oh yeah, some dresses down there. Just go pick them up. Yeah, and uh, just the hell. just the the fucking razor tension. You can, you in, can feel it, can't you? You can just oh. fucking feel it, and you're not even sure. You're like you, you left in that sort of ambiguous thing because mm. people in there clearly moving some stuff around. And it, it's all, it all it's almost too open. Like, is he really gonna get a whacked in there on the on the street? Is he that desperate? And you go, well, hang on a fucking minute. He is that desperate. Holy shit! But at the same time, you're still like, oh fuck. Oh, why? He's, what do you do? It. I don't know. He's been killing people left, right, and center after the Lufthansa job. Yeah, I love as well. What I really loved as well is that they made this big deal about the Lufthansa heist and all this sort yeah. of stuff and all this. And obviously, like I, I always think, like everything's a heist movie. But literally, yeah. it's the most fucking boring heist ever. Yeah. It's like some guy gives them a key and they go in. And they take all the money. Yeah. Like I, that's, I, that's what's, that's what's great that. about it because it's like it's in those in those days it was simple. Doing that was simple. Like when they they steal that guy's truck, like he parks up and goes into the diner, um, and then he comes back out and goes back in and goes. Somebody, two guys just stole my truck. You know, it's just simple. They just go in and go. Yeah. But he's he's in on it. That guy, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's how simple it was. There's no such thing as a heist movie sort of scenario kind of thing, is it? Because it's yeah. literally security didn't exist in the same vein it does now. So they could just walk in and go, "Here's the fucking key." An inside man just with one measly ass fucking key. <laughs> <laughs> this was brilliant. I love. I love. I absolutely love that because I was like, I was like, oh, they're, they're talking this up. It'll be really intricate. They'll be like, bloody. Yeah. And we, we, we don't see fucking anything of it. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you see you see less of it than you see of Reservoir Dogs, I think, you know, yeah. <laughs> of, of that bloody heist. And that, again, <laughs> I, I love that you don't see the heist in that. That's what's the most interesting part just, of it. That you, you don't see have, the aftermath, don't we? Yeah, you see the aftermath. Yeah. Everyone's describing it and stuff. And, yeah. and, and yeah, I just thought that was a nice little bait and switch there. Yeah. Um, I really... I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah. And the only thing we really hear about sort of like what happens is when Ray Liotta's in the shower. When that guy on the radio is describing it, that's 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 the most you hear about the job itself. Like some people saying it's four million, five million, seven million. And he's like, fuck, 
fucking hell. <laughs> I also love that he wasn't in on it. Like, he wasn't there. I yeah, thought that he, was so... he just was one of the planners. And then and then he was just like, did it, did it. I was like, oh, my God, it happened. We did it. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's like an afterthought for him. It's like, yeah. I planned it. Yeah, it's whatever. I'm just going to go over just quickly a few more of the, the criticisms I found online as well. I'll blitz through them, and I'll just see what you have to say about all of those. Letting the act- actors improvise too much. No. Re- repetitive dialogue. What? It's like, breaking my balls, breaking my balls, I think is the main thing they took away from. But I think that's just part. I think that's, well, I mean. It's just part of the, the culture of the characters. I also I also think our, our tutor, Amy Rome, used to say repetition is like the key to understanding or whatever she used to say about it. She was like, you know, yeah. it, it solidifies the idea, I think she used to say or something. So she always said was repetition is always good, um, you yeah. know. Less lines, think, less lines to remember that way as well. I don't think uh, there's anything too overly repetitive, is there? Apart from oh, breaking my balls, oh, you doing? I'm breaking your balls. I think it's just, I think it's just the the phrase and the culture and the language and the, yeah. you know, I think that I watched, um, I watched a film called Strange Brew, which has these two like comedic Canadians in, and they're like, uh, hey, you, you know, they say a at the end of everything because yeah. it's, like, it's like a stereo. They're playing up to the stereotype, like you were saying with Carbone. He's, yeah. play, he's playing up to the stereotype that people, yeah, yeah. you know, he's making fun of the stereotype that people think he is as an Italian man. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he's playing on that, making a joke of it, you know, and and I think that's exactly kind of what they're doing it in there. So yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with all these criticisms, I'll be honest. Yeah. But I've just I've just picked them out because of all of them. Uh unlikable characters. Well, don't worry about fucking it. Hell. They all, they all Christ, if you don't have unlikable characters in the film, but you just be watching fucking Teletubbies all the fucking time. Jesus Christ. You don't, you're not meant to really relate to them that well, and most of them end up dead in or fact, in jail. If you, if you are relating to them in any way, fucking hell, you need to get your head examined. You're not supposed to really like villains, to be fair, are you? No. Um, like you're supposed to be able to sort of see their perspective, but it doesn't necessarily mean you like them. Like you can see Thanos's perspective, but you don't like him. No. Like you know, like you like Iron Man. Hmm. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, don't know. I think the end of the day, they, they don't go on. Nobody lives happily ever after, do they? No, no, exactly. They, they so, like, I said, like we said earlier on, they all get their comeuppance. They all, they're all punished for their unlikable deeds in the film. Okay. <laughs> last two. The last one I'll go into because it's kind of a criticism I share. Poorly structured. Oh yeah. fucking! I thought you meant poorly, as in poorly, poorly. <laughs> 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 fucking hell we've been talking about that many Paulies he's tipping he's tipping over he's like the leaning tower of Pisa he's yeah. like I'm poorly structured oh. <laughs> fucking hell oh Christ poorly oh. is in bad as in poor <laughs> No, I don't think so no. well, it's quite it's quite a linear story isn't it yeah fairly it's it doesn't the only time we go back and forth back and forth really is from the beginning isn't it you know, we we see midway through the film at the start, and then we come then, back to it, yeah, yeah, and then circle, circle back round. I mean, like you said, the, the the jumps in time, they're not really they they fit where you would want them to yeah. fit the story. But you don't. The good thing about those is you don't notice them. They're they're not making no. it like they don't yeah. go nineteen seventy two and put a number on the fucking screen or anything. It's just it's a seamless transition because these lives are changing in real time. The fashions are changing. The world is changing. And again, really, the only key to that is obviously the fashion and the music yeah. that's playing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't agree with that one either. But the final one, I kind of agree with. Weirdly edited and rushed ending, breaking the fourth wall. So I, I think that 
I think the you were talking about the the dip in kind of quality towards the end after Tommy's gone and, and yeah, going, it's like taking the kettle off the boil, isn't it? Before it's yeah, before it's clicked. And like yeah. you sort of like go, oh, oh, okay, almost, almost. And and I think the I do think that that day that really bad day he has Henry Hill. You know, yeah. he's he's getting coked up. He's got the, he's going everywhere. He's got all these jobs to do. He's stressing out. He's freaking out. He's getting annoyed. Yeah. He thinks he's getting paranoid that the coppers uh, are chasing him. Yeah. He's like, ah, yeah. got to go to my woman. Got to do this. Got to hide the guns. Got to sell these silencers and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I like that yeah. as a section, but I don't think it necessarily fits into the film very well because we've had this long transition into, you know, this, again, we were saying throughout time, throughout 30 years, I think they say on the poster or something like that, of gangster-related mafia crime, whatever. And then we get a day, very depicted, very, very quick, very bitty, very stressful, very frenetic, very rushed. Yeah. And then I also think the helicopter shouldn't have been like the coppers or the DEA or whoever it was. I think that should have been paranoia because that kind of just, I kind of was like, well, he was right. Paranoid people on drugs shouldn't really be necessarily right. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay. Um, but if he still got caught anyway, it was like, oh, I was just following you around in a car all the time and you were watching this helicopter. Yeah. Um, like it was something like that. I thought that might have been better. Um, and then we we get into the court case. He's giving himself up. He's giving all everybody up. He's he's breaking he's breaking uh, his word. You know he's told yeah. not, he's yeah. told uh, he's told not to ever rat on your friends, and he's told to never um, you know keep your mouth shut. Basically, which it, I, I quite like that line because it's basically just the same thing twice. <laughs> it's like never rat on your yeah. friends, but keep your mouth and also keep your mouth shut. But I quite yeah. enjoy I quite enjoy that it's just repetitive. <laughs> but uh, we get to the court scene, and again we've had this narration all the way through. This yeah, you know yeah. well like I've said it's it's here and there but it's it's a it's a narrative device we were aware of you know it, we, he's used it from the beginning and we know we've heard his voice but then during the court case he just kind of walks out looks at the camera and goes and it's all over yeah. and it kind of threw me for a loop i went what the fuck i was like what are we tr- what are we trying to say here what are we trying to say with this with this moment and then not only that we get we get him he, again he stops he breaks the vault wall and then it goes it, it, like instantly so yeah. we're not even we're not even going to follow through on that idea, and then we go to his, uh, you know, he's living in that shitty house. He's somewhere cold, which he didn't ask for, um, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm a fucking bum now. I'm a fucking bum." Yeah, you know, if if there was a shot that was transitioning from the courtroom, he's walking through, he's still talking into where he's going to live, and he gets changed into a dressing gown or something. I thought that might have been a nicer transition or something. Yeah. But then, even weirder, we all of a sudden, right at the end, get a shot of Joe Pesci, as we've not seen him in the film, dressed to the nines like a gangster with a like a pork pie hat on, and he's shooting towards the camera, and, and then it just ends. It goes back to Ray Liotta, he smiles, and it ends. And I was like, really? This is how you go out after after all this? Like, it was just so disconcerting from everything we've had up until that point. And I was just like, it feels like you just shit the bed on the ending. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what you feel about it, but that's kind of how I felt. I think yeah. on, on the whole, I'm going to, I'm going to, I really like the film. I really, yeah. really like it. I think it is very, very good. It's a four star film. I don't think it's a perfect film, but I think I can see why people like it. I think if I'd seen it as young as you had, it would have been a huge influence on me, like it's clearly been on you. Yeah. But I think because I'm because I'm here, because I've uh, you know I've have these opinions and you know stuff, and times have changed and things have moved on. But I think if I'd seen that when I saw it, then 
I think I would have shared your opinion that it's just brilliant, um, yeah. which which it is. I I do agree. I don't think it's I don't think it's the best movie I've ever seen, uh, but I didn't think that about The Godfather when I finally saw that either. But I think it is really solid. Great performances, great soundtracks, some great filming techniques, uh, great dialogue, memorable lines, memorable. Like you said, just favorite scene after favorite scene. Yeah. Not even talked about Billy Bats really. That's the best scene, isn't it? It's the pin. It's the pinnacle. Yeah. It's the I'll pinnacle. Just, I'll just say about the ending. I don't get the ending. I don't understand. I don't understand those final three shots. I think I've, I've, I could try and sort of figure out. So sort of like, yeah, it's the end of the narration. So he's 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 coming. He's confronting the audience yeah. and saying, "I took you on this journey. Here I am." When the fairy tale ends, and yeah, it wasn't a fairy tale. Here I am in court. I've been talking to you as though I've been taking you on this merry journey, and. Now it's all over, like he says. It's all over. It's all come apart. It's all fallen to pieces. But yeah. Um, but then we go back to the narration straight away. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So yeah, it's a bit. It is a bit of a weird sort of ending. Like, yeah. like the, the Tommy shooting the shooting the gun. I think. It, I don't. I don't really know what that's supposed to signify. Is that supposed to signify like you know Tommy was the last vestige of what it was yeah. to be in this in this world when he goes? Yeah. There was nothing else. Um, so it's, it's constantly on his mind, Tommy. Wouldn't you use a shot of him from the film, like a close-up of him or or a scene with him and Ray Liotta in? Wouldn't you use yeah. that instead of this random shot that we've never seen throughout the rest of the film? It's never referenced, never talked about. Yeah. It looks it looks like a production. It looks like they're doing something to to sell the film. It looks yeah. like one of those, like it's like a production thing. And it was just, it's just really... Fucking! I was like, it's a jarring shot. I'll give it you is jarring. Like, the whole, jarring bit, the like, whole, that whole section. Like you said, if he just went, if it was like Bronson, you know, like Tom yeah. Hardy's Bronson, because he's constantly breaking the fourth wall in that, and he's performing, and he's doing this weird shit. And again, that's all the way through. That's steady all the way through up until. Yeah. Like if it was like that, and he broke the fourth wall, and it's like it's all like a stage or something. I don't know, whatever the fuck. Um, and he walks out, and he's like, "Yeah, this is my life. This is it." And now I'm. And then maybe he walks into some fucking steel bars, and he's in prison or yeah. wherever. The, or, or he walks up to the window where he lives, and it's it, and there's bars on him or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. Whatever. But that I just I was just like you've done. I just was like oh, you were so good <laughs> until thirty seconds before you finish, and you just be like oh, that'll do. <laughs> Whatever, figure it out. You figure it out. I don't know what it means. You figure it out. But, well, listen, I think I think it's literally just a case of like it's it's whatever it means to you. I suppose <laughs> for me, I think it is just like the the book ending of this this fairy tale that wasn't a fairy tale. It's just some sad, uh, dishevelled former gangster telling a story. Um, and when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of where his actual where his actual life is, you know, come the end of the film, it's just a fucking mess. And he's just remembering past glories that don't exist. Did they ever really truly truly exist? I think, you know. Well it's, it's was, the, was he just living on borrowed time the entire time? Well I do wonder about the the uh the unreliable narrator because this is Henry Hill saying what his life was yeah do we do it like obviously that's in the book and obviously yeah. it's based on the book but do we believe what henry hill said about his life or has he has he glamorized it himself yeah i mean that's the thing with the sort of snitches making books isn't it i think the general consensus is that the majority of it is is true um the majority of it is the case um, and there are real former gangsters in the film. You have to wonder if it was all just fantasy. If it was um, most, of it was made up. Would these former gangsters 
very much involved in in this world would they have wanted to be on board of it if it was just a load of shit so there's elements of truth there's elements of you know clear you know creating a cinematic sort of event i think oh yeah there's they've definitely taken some creative license which is yeah, the same. You, you, they do with everything don't they? yeah exactly exactly you've got to make a film you know, yeah, not exactly. a, a life doesn't necessarily equate to a film. So you got to, yeah. like you said, Bronson. Bronson, there's some there's some cinematic sort of you know license taking, isn't there? In that, absolutely. And Bronson apparently loves that film and loved Tom Hardy in the role. So, you know, high praise. You, you said it before. This this film, um, it's it's a film of many wonderful scenes for me. Many wonderful scenes. Billy Bats, the sequence of Billy Bats being one of them, and that wonderful, we've not even fucking talked about it, and it's sacrilege if we don't talk about it. Go on. The absolutely incredible tracking shot that follows them into the nightclub, which Mm. when I first saw that scene, when I said this film is sort of like the film that opened my eyes to quality cinematography, staging, set design, the production value, acting in the moment, writing you know clever use of camera angles and sound and just just everything everything is in that that what minute and a half tracking shot through the nightclub from outside right the way through underneath into the seating area where that performance starts it's a fucking brilliant brilliant sequence it's a brilliant scene and again it's it's a fairy tale dive we're going into this fairy tale world you know Ray Henry's taking, you know, is it's not yet his wife, but he's taking her through this world, through this 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 maze that he knows how to navigate perfectly. That's what it is for me. It's it's, it's, it's he's taking her into this journey, into this wonderland, and we're along for the ride as well, all the way through it. Quite literally taking into her into the underworld. Yeah, yeah. And she she's grace, gracefully gratefully accepts it. And we do as well. We go in and we're like, this is superb. This is wonderful. I want to be involved in this. I want to see more of this. And then we go through to, you know, Billy Bats later on. Yeah. We see it all fucking falling apart. Like you said, the juxtapositions between beautiful shots, beautiful angles, you know, seeing this 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 world which is being told to us as being a great world and then we get this real like somebody said some one negative comments was the bad editing well f- fuck off because yeah, that, I, that, that shot going through that shot going through the the nightclub is one of the best edited shots in the entire history of cinema and then you go to the fight with Billy Bass where they're battering the shit out of him and the cuts may be made all over the shop and we don't really see the damage is being done to him it's superbly edited. There's two different editing styles in there. One to show the fantasy and the fairy tale, and then one to show the harsh reality, the deadly truth, and how it's all going to fucking fall apart in their hands, quite literally. When Tommy smashes Billy Bats's face in with a gun and it breaks apart, that's the start of their lives breaking. That's when it's fucking coming away. If a gun, a solid metal gun breaks in Tommy's hand, you it's, it's his own death knell is signed right there. Sign straight away, and you know it. You know it. You can feel it. And he was like, "I didn't mean to get blood on your floor." <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not the most concerning part here. You've just fucking killed a mafia man. And he's so upset when he says it. It's like, "I didn't mean to get blood on your floor." Yeah, 
Get them all <laughs> tablecloths. Get them all fucking tablecloths. Get the tablecloths. I'll go uh, get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Motherfucker. I love that. I love that bit where the guy's bleeding. The young Henry's wrapping loads of aprons yeah. around it, and the guy comes out and like you wasted like ten aprons on him. What the fuck are you doing? We're <laughs> gonna fucking toughen this. Those are, good, those are good aprons. You wasted. <laughs> oh, those some of those early shots are fucking superb, aren't they? The fucking postman. Oh, I love the postman bit. You know this kid? Yeah. You know where he lives? Yeah. Any oh. more fucking letters from that fucking school? Come to his house in the fucking oven. You go. <laughs> I love it. Oh. I love it. It tickles me every time. You know what? It's surprisingly funny as well. It's it is surprisingly, and that—that's what I used to love about the Sopranos. I, I used to think like I wasn't—I wasn't, I wasn't going to get into the Sopranos because of again the reasons that I kind of said for this film as well. Yeah, I kind of like oh Sopranos, and Nathan like sat me down and he was like, no, just watch it. And it is, I think I need a TV show to be funny as well. Like, yeah. no matter what it is, it needs to be a little bit funny for me to to get into it. If it's dark, dour, and depressing, I'm probably going to stop watching it at some point. But if you make me laugh, you've kind of got me. And Sopranos used to make me fucking piss uh, so much. And again, I think it's 27 of the actors in this end up in The Sopranos. Yeah. It's basically yeah. a modern-day Goodfellas, isn't it? That's yeah, what yeah. it is. and. And James Gandolfini, I, I always liked from True Romance anyway. Uh, yeah. I thought he was excellent. And that's how he got Tony Soprano anyway, was that scene. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I Again, I, I, I don't think it's a perfect film, but I think it's very, very strong. But I want to look at some letterboxed reviews. Mm. So these are some of the ones that have, uh, that have made me come up with those common criticisms that people have. So I'm just going to, uh, to bring those up. It's going to make me very angry. Possibly. possibly. You've done this on purpose. You've cultivated these on purpose, haven't you? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. You, you uh, fuck you. <laughs> so first comment from Salem Aguilar. This is half a star review from April of this year. All right, I'm, I'm going to pause you right. Is it half a star out of what? Five. Five. Get the fuck. <laughs> not worry, half a star. In, a... Any, in any universe, this is not half a star. <laughs> Salem, whatever your job in name was. Aguilar, Aguilar. Aguilar. Your, your bandage is bigger than your fucking head. <laughs> so he says, his comment is, uh, single sentence, not even nearly as good. As Nacho Libre. Oh, he's just a troll, isn't he? This is the thing with, <laughs> it's the, it's the thing with fucking like some, some people. These review review sites, they've, they've become havens for trolls, haven't they? Sadly, they don't they don't carry the same weight. We've mentioned IMDb before. They don't carry the same weight they used to, do they? Unless well, I, unless you're somebody reliable like Jack. Jack, you're not a troll. No, no you might not. be. It depends on your opinion on this as well. <laughs> well, we'll, we're, we're, we'll we're discuss gonna... it in due course, won't we? We are. We are. He's got. Uh, he's got opinions. We've got listener comments. Um, so I, I have picked the shorter ones because I didn't want to go on all day about them. Next one is uh, from Nick Hoffman, uh, and this was from last year in November. This is a two-star review. All the razor-sliced garlic in the world can't make me care about these idiots. Okay. This is from Joe. Not, there's nothing like cri- no critical analysis. It's just, all right. Just trolls. Just trolls. But uh, they gave me a, some of these gave me a chuckle. Uh, this is from Joe Fry, half a star review again. It's a 10 out of 10, but I wanted to piss you off. <laughs> That's his comment. That's not me. Uh, That's his comment. Class A trial work. Well done. <laughs> this this one kind of made me laugh. It's half a star, and it's from Bullius. 
Um, he saw this Boolius. in 20... Boolius. Yes, it's from 2019. And he says, I didn't understand anything because the actors weren't talking loud enough. Ruins the movie. What? What? <laughs> I think he's being sarcastic. I think he means that the actors are being really loud. <laughs> Uh, here's one from uh, Steve oh. Movie Lover from uh, from this year as well. Uh, only only the 16th of July he watched this, so quite. Oh, right. well, well. This this one confused me a bit. It's a one star review. He says he just made Wolf of Wall Street again. Wow. So didn't he make Goodfellas again with Wolf of Wall Street? Is that what you mean? Oh, see, this is fucking. See, look at when the fucking film's been made. Fucking hell, man. Fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, the next one is from Grimasso zero uh, one. And again, this is this is from uh, July of this year. Joe Pesci gave me herpes. I have no comment. Dan, you, you know, you know, I, I was considering letterbox at some point. But I, I don't want to do this anymore. You don't want to do it because you've read these reviews. Are good. You know. <laughs> There's some longer ones. Do you want some more like critical analysis? How long are they? Like a paragraph or so. Uh, give me one or two. Give me one or two. So Jill Benson, one star review uh, from 2001. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid. The only thing I ever wanted was not to have seen Goodfellas. I intensely dislike this movie. It was not fun to watch. I loathe all the characters and I hated the ending. I hate that it was based on a true story and I hate that it was ever made. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Uh, here we go. Uh, Matt Mamba, 24. Uh, this is, again, these are all fairly recent. Um, uh, this is a one and a half star review. The constant narration didn't work for me in this film. I know that Scorsese's thing, but this one just ticked me off. It wasn't as if he was substituting telling for showing. It was more like, why are you telling while you are showing? Stop! Scorsese is a, uh, this is from Connor Fried as well, two star review. Scorsese um, is a master of telling me everything that happens in a voiceover rather than showing me and making the most boring movies of all time. At least this is better than Taco Driver. Um, I don't know if he was trying to say Taxi Driver or he's probably one of it. that egregious spelling error immediately removes any sort of consideration for your review. Sorry. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> and he ends it by going, I hate you, Martin. Oh, wow. <laughs> Makes, oh, well, don't, don't fucking bother then. You know what I mean? Okay, uh, is I'll, I'll do two don't more. Like Lars von Trier films, ego. I don't watch them. You know what I mean? If you don't like them, don't watch them. Exactly. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot of them were like, I don't really like mobster films. Then why are you reviewing it? Exactly. That's my. That's my. That's my thing. Why are you like? If you if you are a connoisseur of something like horror films or whatever, like a specific genre, so that if that is your bag. Go and reviews those, and then you will know whether it's good or not based on your other reviews and your other tastes. If you if you if you if you're reviewing them because you're you're a film lover and you want to openly sort of have open discourse, and then you come sure. to, come to the conclusion where you go like, yeah, it didn't work for me. I didn't like it because of this, this, and this. Fine, have that have that discussion. Yeah. More than willing to open that discussion, but if you actually come out going, I hate you, I hate this director. Well, don't fucking watch them then. Mm. Give me either give me a solid reason why you don't like it. Or just don't watch it, you know. I'm I'm not a big fan of the the musical genre, but no. there are musicals Likewise. I like, and Likewise. and there's musicals I loathe. You know, I can like and loathe things yeah. within the same genre. It's it's possible. Yeah, again, yeah. in the same vein, I don't like musicals. They're, they're not my thing, so I don't watch them. 
and I wouldn't presume to watch them to give an opinion on them because I don't like them. So I wouldn't go into them and go, well, I, I don't fucking like this because of this, this, and this. You know, I, I know I'm not going to like it because I just, I can't get invested in them. You know, it just that's my thing. Whenever I watch them, I go, I, it's it's not me. I struggle to get involved in what's happening because they're just singing at me. <laughs> it, it's the same when like religious people pick at movies and stuff, and they go, "Oh, like recently there was a there was a Muslim film that recently from Muslim directors, Muslim creators, and it was a story about uh, Muhammad's daughter, and they depict Muhammad in it, and people at Cineworld cancelled it. They wouldn't show it because oh. there was there was protests and stuff. But it, it was like, but did you see the film? Oh no, I wouldn't see the film. Well, how do you fucking know what it's in, or how it's done, or how it's presented? Yeah, what, what's the context? If Muslim, if Muslim people are cancelling other Muslims, fucking hell! It, like, there's no Muslim films in the cinema ever. That was just one that made it to the cinema, and and it was destroyed, unfortunately, by very conservative Muslim people, unfortunately. And I, I in much the same way that Passion of the Christ was targeted. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. same. It's the same story, isn't it? Um, and and that's that's always. And they go, oh well, um, you know. And it's the same with the fucking like lesbian kissing, Buzz Lightyear and stuff, which is barely even a peck. Um, I'm still and, not seeing that. Yeah, yeah I heard. I heard sort of the rigmarole around that is it's negligible. It's it's like, not even it's not even a thing. They literally they don't they're not like they're not like gay or anything yeah. like that. It's it's literally it's just like they're in a couple. Yeah. They're lesbians. Peck, oh peck oh, oh hi honey, you know. hi honey. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. Not even, not even anything. Oh, and it, and people are going uproar, and they're like, "Oh, I'll never watch it. I'll never see it." Well, why don't you fucking watch it and then make an assessment? I can't stand people that are like they just hear hear something from somebody else and just be like, "Oh, that's my opinion now. It has to be my opinion." Yeah, what? yeah. And there was I can't a, stand that. It was a, a very good thing um, that I saw. I mean, we'll come off on a bit of tangent here, but it kind of fits. Um, so there was a, a tweet from somebody called Logan Paul. Don't have the fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's a YouTube uh, uh, UFC fighter now. Right, okay. He's joined the WWE as well. I don't know why I know this much about him. Everything I've learned about him, it was against my will. <laughs> All right. Well, he, he made he made like a couple of tweets about the new film Nope from Jordan Peele. I haven't seen the film yet. I, I, I don't know much about it. Obviously, at the time of recording, I don't think it's even out here in the UK yet. Um, so. But yeah, it was just like opinions like that he'd made about the film. Fair enough, fairly justified. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you, fair enough. But then there was somebody replying underneath going, well, he's, Jordan, uh, well, this Logan Paul said it's shit, so I'm not going to watch it. Make right. your own fucking opinion up. Fucking hell. Like, when I see reviews for films, whether it's whether I'm meant to see them or not, you know, if I stumble across a review and I go, oh, it's given a bad review, it's not going to stop me from going and watching the film if I really want to watch it. If the, if the reviews are generally very well, you know, bad yeah. across the board, then I might rethink purely based on finances. I'll go, okay, well, I can save the money and wait until it comes on Netflix or Disney Plus. Sure. Um, you know, like with Jurassic World at the minute, we haven't gone and watched the recent Jurassic World because the reviews haven't been great for it. They haven't been too good. So made the conscious decision, let's not bother. Let's wait for it to come on wherever it's going to go. But make those decent judgment calls. Don't just go, oh, he said it's shit, so it clearly is. How do you know? This is where the toxicity comes in. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's, it, well, it's a fanaticism, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you want, if you look at something like The Boys at the moment, like, that's, like, there's, like, Fucking people hilarious. in... It's, it's hilarious. It's a brilliant cutting satire. It's got everything I want in it. It's Robocop. It's violent. It's got the political satire, but it's superheroes as well. And it's a parody of superhero, the superhero genre. It's a big fucking melting pot of all the shit I love. 
and and that's why I love that show and will yeah. fucking defend it to the hilt. Um, and it's better than the comic, I will say that. And I've read I've read the comic quite quite a, at least three volumes of the comic I've read. So uh, and that's very rare. I would say that about a adaptation, but I actually think it is a lot better. But yeah, but you're sorry, you having your own opinions and yeah, just like but I don't want people like when people listen to me, I don't want them to go, oh well, Dan didn't like it, so I won't watch it. I, yeah, likewise. I I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather you come and say, "Well, actually, I did like it," and then I can go, "All right, then let's talk about it." Exactly, like like I've done today. I've I've, <laughs> yeah. I've not I've not gone. Andy, you are right. You this is the greatest film ever made. You know, I've gone. It's all right. It's pretty good. It's great. It's it is a good a very good film. Yeah. Is it my and favorite conver- film? Ever? Conversely, you said it's it's not for you. It's not the best film ever made. Yeah, I'm not going to turn around and go. Well, it fucking is. You dickhead. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> go with you. The whole point of my podcast is to get people watching stuff they probably wouldn't normally watch yeah. or haven't heard of, or you know, go out, make your own, form your own opinions, do your own thing, yeah. and like, then come back and have a good conversation about it. Absolutely, yeah. start start your own channel if you want to if you want to do that as well, like do something else, or mm. you know, YouTube or or podcasting. More more of those, more of those opinions in the you know of, of from every walk of life, whoever you are, whatever you do, you know, whoever you're into skin color creed religion whatever just go and you know do stuff have have form your own opinions make discussions have the discussions have the talks yeah. have the difficult conversations have the hard ones and 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 tackle yeah. some like I've, I've tackled some difficult films or some interesting films or some controversial films or yeah. you know and a lot of problematic stuff as well but that's that's fascinating to me because we can see you know again how far we've come but going back to these lovely letterbox reviews i've got I'll, uh, three more, three more, very quick, and then, on, we'll, then. And we'll we'll just we'll get onto the listener comments. Uh, so, Olivia Simpson, another two star review uh, from last year. Any other movie night pick? You could make a drinking game out of the movie. Take a shot every time they say the f word. Down a drink every time they say busting my balls, and you'll need a new liver in twenty minutes into the movie. At least the soundtrack is bomb as fuck. I do, That's I, such a weird fucking review. <laughs> I'm not really sure what she's getting at. Like, take any other movie night film. We're we're not supposed to make a drinking game out of this, or we are supposed to make a drinking game. Yes. Yeah. Did you enjoy the drinking game? <laughs> no. What, what did you do the drinking game? Well, I don't get it. I was I was telling I was telling Andy as well just before we started that most of the re- these bad reviews, it, it's one joke. It's like good fellas, more like. Bad fellas. <laughs> okay, now, <laughs> like I, I scrolled through at least fifty of those. Get, Jesus Christ! And th- those I didn't include, and I've cut out quite a few of these as well. I've not not done them all, but I've done most of them. Last two, two star review from uh, Karis Savak, Jersey Boys with guns and cocaine. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's nowhere near. What? All right. Okay. All right. Is- All right, Karis. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the most offensive of the reviews I found. So oh, you re- are you ready? Are you ready? Go on then. You're ready. So this is from the Bad Take Lawyer. So this is a particularly bad take. And this okay. is a two two-star review. I cannot stress how much I hate Italians. What? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my fucking lord. So bit racist he was um you need filters on some of these reviews don't you like to filter out just the nonsense dog shit well i'll I'll remember next time i'll be like 
<laughs> but I've quite enjoyed looking through them and just finding. I mean, it. yeah, it, it's 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 funny, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, it's a, it's not a not blast. Like, they're not like critical representations, are they? No, they're just no. like, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm not a critic myself. I, I don't I don't presume to call myself a critic, but I like no. to think that I think about what I'm going to say before I fucking yeah. say it, unless I'm really angry about a film, and then it is just becomes a waffling mess, like some of those reviews there. Rage, the rage. Yeah, uh, the rage pouring out. Yeah. The rage virus. <laughs> okay, so let's get on to some actual people we care about and, and ah, people pressure good their opinions. opinions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, good so, uh, opinions, so, regardless. <laughs> so our fellow YouTubers and podcasters and listeners. Uh, so Max Byrne at Maxi Byrne says, it's a masterpiece of a film. Holds up brilliantly. If you don't like it, I'll be advising you to go get your fucking shine box. And so you should. (laughs) I did like it. I did like it. I did like it. Is that a masterpiece? Probably not. That's quite a strong opinion, but I I did. I think it's excellent. I think it's really, really good, but not perfect. It's a masterpiece Um, for me, Max. It's a masterpiece for me. There you go. You and Andy are in the same vein. So uh, John Hammond, so that's at John Hammond 73, says, hands up, never seen it. So you weren't alone, John. I I had never seen it, but now I've popped my Goodfellas cherry. Yeah. Oh, you popped your cherry. And I would, uh, obviously, we spoke quite a bit, if you're listening. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, sorry, John, but go sorry, get your John. fucking shine box. Go get your... <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's just the answer for everything. Just go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go get your fucking shine box. Um, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. Uh, you know, speaking as someone who's only just seen it, I would recommend it, definitely. It's definitely worth seeing. I think you'll you'll get something out of it. Uh, whatever, yeah. whatever you think. Uh, I am Jack's Musings, as we mentioned earlier. Here he is. Uh, so here he is. This isn't just a good film, fella. It's pure cinema. Filmmaking elevated to an art form. Mm. Master craftsman working mm. at the peak of his powers. I still love a good comic book movie, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, 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 yeah, you, you can't watch this film sort of like on a... On a, on a on a fun Friday night, can you? It's not a fun Friday night film. No. Right? I I watched when I did this this little rewatch. Um, it was late on a Thursday night. Once I'd finished, you know, doing other bits and pieces, you know, it was just like oh, I'll put it on. You know, it's nice and chill, even though it is hyper violent and all that. It's yeah, yeah. You yeah. can see where you what you, you want. You want spectacle. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go for a comic book movie, aren't you? But if you want something that's like this, you know, a bit of you know quality writing and whatever. Yeah, this is it. This is it, it. It's always it's always good to get out of your comfort zone as well. So if you're not necessarily into mob movies, you know, but you're open to it, you're not like I hate mob movies, but I'm going to watch this mob movie and I'm going to yeah. hate it. You know, as long as you you go in with an open mind, you can you can enjoy whatever. I would say I would say Goodfellas is probably the most accessible mob movie of all of them. I think. Yeah, purely because it it does guide your hand. It takes you into this world, like we said before. Obviously, Scarface is all guns and you know guns blazing and shit. Well, yeah, it's, and it's just it's just the eighties so, excess, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Just like, yeah, the excess. Yeah. Whereas the, whereas this is like this is well thought out. Well, it's, well, it's real for a start, isn't it? It's based yeah, exactly, on, yeah. on real events. So yeah. there you go. And and Scarface is just fucking ludicrous, but that's part yeah. of the point. Of Scarface. Exactly. But uh, Paul Meller is also left a comment and he says, so that's at the Meller Geek, and that was at I Am Jack's Music, if I didn't say that earlier. So at the Meller Geek, it's a very, very good film. I'm not really into mob gangster movies, but this is top quality 
and should be a great podcast. I have to agree. I think it has been a very mm. good podcast. Indeed. I agree, Paul. We both agree wholeheartedly. And uh, Fuzzy Dunlop, so that's uh, uh, Fuzzy. You know, you know Fuzzy over on YouTube. Um, so he's on Instagram at Fuzzy Dunlop underscore one. Perennial top three movie for me. Seen it dozens of times. Honestly, nothing I dislike about it. And for me, Scorsese's best work, arguably. Yep. Big fan of mob flicks, personally, and not many rival this for me. Great, yep. great movie. And he's got a, a clapping hand emoji and uh, and a little perfect kind of, I don't know what you call that, a little index o- o- finger. The OK symbol. The yeah. OK symbol, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's what it is, isn't it? I guess. Uh, or a very, uh, like a really bad hand job or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. Um, that gesture the Italians do. Hey, oh. Yeah, I should have done that. The uh, I should have done the the chef's kiss. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. But uh, <laughs> motherfucker. I will say one of the one of the reviews I, I remember without having to read it is uh, I waited this whole film to hear them say Gabagool, and they didn't, <laughs> 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 which made me laugh. That made me oh, laugh. Some of them, some of them are funny. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just shit. <laughs> yeah. um, but Andy, before before we finish, is there anything else you want to say about about Goodfellas? Because I've got one more thing to do after that, and then we'll we will end. I just think this is a film that will traverse my entire lifetime. I think it's it's one of those films that whenever I'm feeling a bit sort of bored, I'll go. You know what? I fancy watching Tommy lose his shit. I fancy because it is those moments. I'm, I come into it looking for those moments, and then I, then I get enveloped in the rest of the film. And with each sort of viewing, it's not that I discover something else, but it's I enjoy a different part of the film with each sort of viewing. So I'll change my sort of reaction to something. I'll go, oh fucking hell, I really enjoyed watching that this time, and I'll 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 rewind it and I'll play it again. And it can be some of the most small, mundane scenes that I play back and I'll, I'll, I look back and go, fucking hell, it's so well done. Like the, the the coffee pot scene after they've killed Stax in Stax's apartment, um, Samuel Jackson. Just that, there's those little flecks of brilliant character work. What the fuck are you looking at? Make that coffee to go, you know, and he tries to walk out with the coffee pot. What the fuck are you doing? Put the coffee pot down. It just tickles me. Like just those, those little moments. And I think that's why I love this film so much because it's, you do have that immense sort of brilliant character work. You've got the, the brilliant scenes, the violent scenes, you've got the sweeping shots, and then you'll have these really small moments of character. You'll have these really st- small moments of, you know, reactions, people doing something the way they look. Like you said, when when uh, Paul Savino fucking slaps uh, Ray Liotta, you know, it's just like, oh, fucking hell. You know, you get those 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 genuine reactions. And this film has, if this is what method acting should be remembered for, I think this is it. You know, it, it, it's, it's perfect on so many different levels for me that it's hard to sort of maintain a consistent thought process because I just think of something else that really makes mm. me, that really makes me you know, laugh or go, fucking hell, it's brilliant or, you know, shocks me even more. Yeah, yeah. It, for I me, think, it's I, everything. This film, it's everything. Yeah, um, I think also like it's they've they've been allowed to improvise quite a lot, and I think that's a good thing as well because I yeah. think they've added a lot of their personality to it. They've added a lot of their uh, style, wit, humor to it, and and their lived in, breathe yeah. it like 
Pesci, you know, that he does the funny guy scene that's based on something he experienced that like he was Ray Liotta in that scene in his own life. I really look, I forgot there was one moment at the start with Paulie again, you know, RIP Paul Savino. Uh, where the guy from the bar is like, you know, Tommy owes me money, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's beating me up. He's doing this, and he's like, uh, he's like, um, what, what do you want me to do? Kill him? And he's like, yeah, maybe not be a bad idea. And he's yeah. like, hey, hey, hey. He doesn't even say anything. Just stares at him. He's like, well, I don't, I don't fucking mean it. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I also, I just remembered as well, uh, Lorraine Bracco, where she finds the the Gumar. So if you don't know what Gumar is, it's like a like a side piece, I guess, yeah. or. Uh, a, 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 a you know a, a, a woman on the side sort of thing yeah, you know, yeah. sort of thing um you know an affair <laughs> cheating on your wife yeah. um and she she finds out where she lives and she's calling the supervisor yeah <laughs> she's like you got a war in your building she's pressing all those fucking buttons and everybody else's flies ah <laughs> uh, but that's just it there's there's so many little moments uh, there's like really innocuous moments that just really really just fucking make my day sometime and one of those ridiculously innocuous moments is you know, when they burn down the restaurant very early on in the film, putting those, they're putting those, those bits and pieces up on the roof. <laughs> Henry's doing one. You just hear Tommy in the background go, you're like you're decorating a fucking Christmas tree, you fucking prick. You don't know what you're doing. It's just not, it's a nothing moment. But fuck me if it doesn't make me laugh every time I hear yeah. that line. I don't that, know why. It's going to yeah. be so like, you look like you're decorating a fucking Christmas tree, you fucking prick. You know what you're fucking doing. <laughs> like, it's perfect. And that's probably just come from nowhere. Yeah. He's probably just said it off camera, trying to put him off. And it's it's, it's brilliant. It's fucking perfect. I love I, it. I, I like it when they're in the car afterwards and it's just slowly... slowly burning up and they're they're like they start getting into it and they're like talking about um that's it he's he's trying to get him to date this other girl isn't he so he can try to bang this fucking broad (laughs) you're gonna help me you're gonna help me bang this broad and then eventually it's like oh it's up in flames they go oh shit we better get away (laughs) scene of the crime um but yeah absolutely uh fantastic i've really enjoyed this podcast i think it's going to be an interesting format going forward uh i would like you to return andy um, so obviously it's a bit. Would you? Oh, would you? Oh, oh would right. you? Okay. Then. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a few suggestions. So these are films I know you like because you're constantly fucking quoting them for a start, like this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you say, you fucking prick. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's not. I'm not complaining. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you do quote them a lot, but that I, 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 that shows that me that you enjoy it. You love it. And, you know. <laughs> You, you want people to see it. So it might piss you off that I've not seen some of these. So I'm, I'm going to list a few here for you. Um, I've made a massive list of, of a ton of films that I haven't seen, yeah. but it, it is a bit, it's a bit hard to to figure this one out because I, it's almost like I have to come to people and say, I haven't seen this film. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard for people to suggest films that I haven't seen or know that they haven't seen. Um, so I've I've made a list myself of, of things I've either partly seen, I've avoided, I've... Yeah. You know, whatever. I'm just for whatever reason, I have not seen it. Number number two. Well, number two, I guess possibly could be Casino. Mm-hmm. Could be, yeah. If you wanted to do Casino, I've not seen Heat. Oh, I have okay. not seen. Again, you'll you'll see a theme rolling through these as well. Yeah, I, I think I've already it's, got a Italian Italian mobsters and heavy heavy Pacino long. Pacino, De Niro, the yeah. Scorsese. There's a theme. Let's see what else have I got. Uh, Godfather Part Two. Ooh, I've not seen Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I've not seen again. Like some, I don't know the quality of them because I've not seen them. So yeah, uh, I've not seen Mulholland Drive. Oh, 
Can't wait to sort of mongle there. That 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 animation. reaction. Well, that reaction alone. I think that might be our next one then. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven, The Great Escape. Kingdom of Heaven. Now the yeah. director's cut. You have to watch the director's cut, not the yeah. fucking theatrical release. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Oh, That's Kingdom something. of Heaven. What was what was the next one? Uh, the Great Escape. Yeah. Ben Hur. Original Ben Hur. Yeah, yeah. Original Ben Hur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Spartacus. I know you're a fan of that. The Patriot. Oh, the one with Mel Gibson. Yeah. <sighs> I am a heathen because that film really should be a bag of shit, but I fucking love it. Because <laughs> oh, Jason Isaacs, Jason Isaacs. Oh, you you fucker. Point Break. Oh, you've never seen Point Break? I've seen it in bits. I've seen like the ending somewhere in the middle, but I've never sat down and watched it all the way through. I, re- I realised this. I was like, because I was thinking about it. I was like, have I actually seen Point, Point Break? And I'm like, I don't think I have. Just sat down and watched it solidly. Like with Goodfellas, I'd seen bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, yeah. Schindler's List. Oh, what? <laughs> it was It was on it. They always show it at school, right? But they never show the whole thing. <clears throat> But it was always no, like they just always show you. Yeah. They show you the the non-violent bits or the non-sexy bits, and and it would just be Not like and the non-sexy bits. You know what? Like like oh nipple, wait, yeah okay yeah. Right. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying it's I'm turned off by that. What Schindler's List have you been watching, man? <laughs> Fucking hell. Schindler's, uh, list. Schindler's List of prostitutes. Um, well, sweet Braveheart, Gladiator, There Will oh. Be Blood, Oh, uh, Deliverance. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. The Irishman. Um, yeah. Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a few more. There's a few more on there. Like again, if they're award winning, they're long. Fuck. There's like I've got that's just that's just kind of to cherry pick for you if you want to do one of them. Yeah. Um, that. But again, if people want to ask me. Um, I've got suggestions. I might send the list out if people want to have a look at the list I've made. There might yeah. be a couple that I've duplicated by mistake, but usually uh, if they're if they're big box office and they're like dramatic or melodramatic, it's yeah. usually it's usually things like that. Or if it's based on a true story, often musicals, you know, romance stuff, um, you know, Oscar bait as well. There's kind of yeah. stuff in there as well. I I can't I tend to avoid that sort of stuff as well. Um, but I've got a good mix of stuff, whole whole bunch of of things. Um, hundreds and hundreds I've made a list of the other day. Um oh, shit. Um yeah, there's loads. Like I, I can't go through them all now, but that's no. just the I've cherry picked those just for you, just to give you a, a taste and to shock you and to to anger you to the ones I've not seen. I think on balance. There'll be three that I think we should probably have a look at. Sure. Which ones? I think top of the list has to be Schindler's List for me. Okay. Okay. Because that film broke me when I saw it. Fucking hell. Okay. Broke me. Okay. Um, again, I watched it around about the same time that I first watched Goodfellas. So but, my eyes were opened up to, like I said, my eyes were opened yeah. up to cinema. Cinema. Filmmaking, yeah. And... I told Mr. Grant that I really like Saving Private Ryan. He said, there's a good film to watch. He didn't tell me anything about it. He said, there's a good film to watch that's the complete opposite to Saving Private Ryan, made by the same director from a few years before. Um, and it's set World War II. And it's about sort of like everything to do with like, so what happened with the Holocaust? And I was like, okay, fine. And yeah, I cried. I cried and I cried. So I think, yeah, could, that needs to be top of the list. Okay, cool. Uh, but I think we'll have to watch it together, if I'm being quite honest. I don't think we'll ever be able to watch it 
um, like you on your own terms. I think it'd be okay. one that we should sit together and watch. I'm up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what, uh, were the, what were the other two? It's going to have to be Mulholland Drive, I think, and then The Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could put it to a Patreon vote again. We could see which one uh, everybody wants to hear yeah. you hear you with because yeah. I'm happy with those suggestions. They're, they're all they're, all three of them are very different types of films yeah of course um, yeah a bit of variety there yeah yeah and that, that should give people like if you like people have never like heard me or anything on your podcast if they're listening now it should give you a good understanding of like how varied my opinions are on films you know yeah. what i like individually i don't just go for oscar baiting or star wars or marvel or anything like that What's i'm very popular? open if a film hits me in the right way of doing certain things then yeah then i'll i'll take it on board and the patriot is vastly different to Schindler's List and Schindler's List is vastly different to Mulholland Drive. But something in those films works for me. So, yeah. Well, I'll make, I'll make a note of that. Make a note of that, guys. It let us know which one uh, you want to hear Andy talk about and hear me talk mm. about because I, I'm really interested in all of those. And and Andy, again, is quoting those like mad or reenacting the scenes always. Um, so I'm very interested to see uh, what they're all about from, from like, I mean, Andy's made them famous for me. Can I can I remove Andy's face from from all these movies, like, <laughs> all these moments? You know, I, I could see him in Goodfellas. I could see him in Goodfellas a little bit. I could see the the you know the the Billy Bats and the the yeah. Pesci and stuff. I could definitely see some of that. I'm concerned uh, that you could see me in Schindler's List, to be honest. But all right, I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, Patriot, I'll have it because I could be a, a horrible English. Well, you, I mean, you, you've got, you've got like, you know that part yeah. of history. You're quite, you're, you're very, like, we're doing a World War Two month. We could even tie it into World War Two month if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, um, it's a good show. That you know, it's still, it's still, I've not set anything. It's all movable. It's all alterable. Um, but yes, Andy, you are a consummate YouTube professional, and you have your own. You uh, <laughs> you uh, put the audio of your YouTube on uh, on podcast streams as well. So uh, tell you. us a little bit about Angry Andy reviews and what is that? What that is all about and where people can find you? Yeah, so you can find Angry Andy reviews on the old YouTube. Um, I tend to just record when I get time. Really, I don't record everything that I see. Um, I'm a sort of a sort of reviews flitter between sort of. Uh, collectibles, mainly Star Wars collectibles, uh, like lightsabers and action figures, which I'm I'm bringing a nail to the head on that. Unfortunately, I'm bringing to a close the action figure sort of reviews. Um, but I do talk about uh, TV shows and you know news as it pops up if it interests me. But my main focus is movie reviews, and you can find me on Twitter as well at Andy underscore Review, and that's my main base of operations. That's my castle. Um, Your fortress. Yeah, I, I, I tend to just uh, <laughs> retweet a lot of stuff using memes at the moment or gifs, as it were, <laughs> when some bit of interesting news pops up. And the, the the most popular sort of gif that I'm using at the minute is Nicolas Cage laughing because there's been a lot of sort of things mentioned or said recently that I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, Yeah. So that's, that's I, my favorite one, I think. That's my favorite GIF you've been using as well. Yeah, because it, it fits on so many levels, like people making stupid comments about mm. films and whatever. I mean, I'm very open to discourse. That's my thing. I'm open to honest discourse as long as you're not trolling me. A lot, a lot like those uh, letterboxed comments. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can find you as well. Bless you. 
Um, so uh, you can find me at Secret Balls on Facebook. It's at Dan underscore Balls on Twitter, at Spider Dan Secret Balls on Instagram. Review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. And uh, don't forget to use the the hashtag Prepare for Prattle when you interact with us. Uh, if you want to join the Prattalion and to be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at www.spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. And I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. Uh, I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Scott Hodgson, Mike Burton, Angry Andy Reviews, and Tonya Todd has just joined the Patreon. So thank you very much, Tonya. The army is growing. It's growing larger, more powerful. She was it was it was weirdly convenient because she was desperate for this vampire episode. And yeah. I, I just I just popped it on last night and she's like, oh my God, I've done I've done that right at the best possible time. So <laughs> yeah. And she's uh, she said she was really enjoying it, really digging Excellent. it. And Mike was already listening to it as well. But for everybody else, that will come out in a couple of weeks. And then this will come out a couple of weeks after that. Um, but it's been a really excellent podcast. And I'm looking forward to seeing those other films as well and seeing where we go. And um, and it's nice It's nice to do a kind of... It's kind of like The Secret Defenders, but it's it, we flipped it a little bit. So it's more popular stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you experiencing a strange new world. It is, yeah. So, yeah. So even I'm open to experiencing new things, like everyone should be. Uh, And then the discourse that comes after. Uh, But, yes, this has been great, Andy. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you introduced me to Goodfellas. Good. Now go get your fucking shine box.